The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report has been released. We'll tell you where seeding sits when it comes to progress across that province. Still more reaction coming in from the announcement from yesterday's merger regarding Bungie and Viterra. We'll hear from the president of APAS, Ian Boxall, and we will also hear from Jim Smolik with the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. There's been reports of a lot of grasshopper issues on the western side of Saskatchewan. Cabri area farmer Kevin Hirsch will tell us about that. And of course, it's week seven of the spring edition of GX94 Supper in the Field. We'll announce where we're going tonight. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. According to the latest Manitoba Crop Report, Spring seeding across the province is basically complete. That's up from 97% last week. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. He says seeding in the northwest region of Manitoba is also done. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Uh, seeding, uh, from what I have seen, is, is complete. Uh, I would say except for situations where it was necessary to reseed for some reason, or maybe there's a bit of hay that is still going in. He says crop development is coming along nicely. Overall, things are doing really well, actually. The cereals are really leaping out of the ground, and uh, canola seems to be uh, growing pretty vigorously as well. We've had uh, anybody who stuck around over the last week would know we had some very warm, uh, humid conditions uh, as well, it was a little more cool over the last couple of days, but uh, those um, high temperatures and that humidity really helped the crops to jump out of the ground, which is important for canola at this stage. You know, it's uh, always that risk of flea beetle feeding uh, in that little cotyledon stage or when, you know, it's only got a couple leaves. Seems, though, to me that um, uh, from conversations with producers, it's uh, growing right through that. Uh, and probably still good to monitor and, uh, you know, some insecticide applications have been necessary for some farmers. But uh, I think we're overall going to see that canola is going to grow through that flea beetle stage. Fry notes rainfall amounts have varied across northwest Manitoba over the past week. Yeah, you know, actually I got a comment uh, last week when I said that the uh, the wettest or the driest was 0.2 mils. And some people said, hey, well, I got no rain at all. So the... Um, the really what we're talking about is the Manitoba weather stations. So the driest weather stations, you know, there's a few that have had no rain at all this week. Uh, and then the highest uh, report was in San Clara, actually, with uh, 82.7 millimeters, or that's just about three and a quarter 
inches. So that's a lot of rain to go in one dump. And uh, in parts of the fields where those ponding conditions have persisted, there is uh, signs of moisture stress. But um, overall, I think that uh, it actually the amount of rain we've had has been very helpful for crops. And uh, and then you know conversely, in pastures, for example, where we have had very little rain, uh, we are starting to see some signs of moisture stress and uh, and some slowing down of the growth that we had in the early season. He says a lot of producers are trying to get some spraying done now. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, for sure the weather conditions, uh, a lot of rain and uh, in the last couple of days some windier conditions have made that a challenge. And, uh, of course, just like crops, we love moisture as well. So uh, it's going to be important to keep monitoring your fields and just making sure that your um, spray windows are, are good for, you know, crop stage and uh, getting those weeds. Um, before they, you know, kind of exceed certain um, thresholds just to keep your eye on the field. But Fry says the wind has held up spraying in recent days. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yep, if we could uh, uh, turn it off at times, I'm sure we all would. He adds that livestock producers in northwest Manitoba are busy right now, too. Uh, yeah, I see a note here in the crop report that some hay cutting is already underway and uh, that's a good sign. Um, I uh, think we'll kind of have a sense of how those yields play out, but uh, I think it's going to be probably quite variable given the weather or given the moisture that we've had so far this year, but uh, more on that, I'm sure, in uh, weeks to come. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Co-op Hail Insurance. Beef and Forage Report. Live cattle futures on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange closed higher yesterday, rallying from early declines as strong beef prices and tight cattle supplies buoyed futures. In the wholesale beef market, the U.S. Department of Agriculture priced choice cuts of beef at three thirty-seven ninety-nine. That's up fifty-six cents from Monday, and the highest price since September first of twenty twenty-one. Prices for select cuts fell seventy-six cents to three hundred nine dollars forty-eight cents. Cattle futures continue to draw support from strong cash cattle markets, even though cash trade has been quiet so far this week. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Agriview portion of our program. That's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. EX94, Agriview. Canadian farm groups are urging senators to pass an important piece of legislation before Parliament rises for the summer. The Alberta Federation of Agriculture... Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan and Manitoba's Keystone Agricultural Producers are urging senators to pass Bill C-234 before the end of the month. This bill, introduced by a Conservative MP in the House of Commons, would provide carbon tax exemptions on propane and natural gas used for drying grain and heating barns. If the bill is not passed before Parliament rises, Senators would pick up the process on Bill C-234 when the fall sitting begins. Dr. Sylvain Charlebois from Dalhousie University 
estimates that by 2030, when the carbon tax is expected to reach $170 per metric ton, a 5,000-acre farm could pay more than $150,000 in new taxes. Starting on August 1st, a laboratory review of the end-use quality of sprouted wheat will lead to changes in how wheat is graded. The Canadian Grain Commission will update its official grain grading guide's definition of severely sprouted as a grading factor for western classes of wheat following research on how far sprouting has to advance to affect end-use quality. Under the current rule, a kernel of wheat is classified as regular sprouted if it has sprouts that are visible but still within the contours of the germ. But starting August 1st, kernels of sprouted western wheats with sprouts broken or missing, but without any clear evidence of a sprout's length or severity, will be redefined as regular sprouted rather than severely sprouted. Seeding went well across Saskatchewan thanks to hot and dry temperatures following a cool spring. That's according to Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Executive Director Carl Potts. However, he says the dry conditions are still cause for concern. There have been reports of grasshoppers in parts of central and southwestern Saskatchewan, but Potts says it's too early to know how much of a problem insects will pose to pulse crops. Smoke is drifting into Saskatchewan from wildfires in Alberta, which has caused air quality warnings. Potts is unsure what effect it would have on pulses. While he claims that the wildfires near Fort McMurray, Alberta in 2016 helped moderate temperatures and increase yields, Potts says this year's early summer wildfire activity leaves many unknowns. A University of Manitoba researcher is asking canola growers across the country to participate in a survey about grain drying. Dr. Fuji John, an associate professor in the university's Department of Biosystems Engineering, wants to find out how canola producers dry their grain. The survey, which will be available for the next two months, asks farmers questions about yield, bin type and size, fan configuration, the fuel used to run a dryer, approximate drying costs, and more. In total, the survey has 19 questions and will take about 30 minutes to complete. Farmers can save their progress and finish the questionnaire later. Dr. John is hoping at least 50 producers will fill out the survey. He says once the information is studied, the results will help drive further research. The head of a UN food agency says richer countries should be proactive in delivering aid to... Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly sunny and 20 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. There's concern from the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan about yesterday's merger announcement from Bungie and Viterra. APAS President Ian Boxall says he's worried about a possible lack of competition for grain. Which is always a concern for producers. Anytime there's competition, I think it, it, it ensures that the, you know, the prices are fair and everyone's treated, treated, you know, treated fairly. And, and when you lose competition within the marketplace, that's, that's bad for the sector. So that was a concern of mine, and we saw that a number of years ago with the P&H 
Parrish and Heimbecker and Louis Dreyfus merger, where we had a few places in the province that had both, and they have since lost one, which just reduces the option of where farmers can sell their grain. The deal is subject to Bungie shareholder approval and other regulatory approval, including a review from the Competition Bureau in Canada. Boxall says he'll see what they have to say about it, noting his experience talking with the Bureau. We've met with them in the past on certain issues and they're definitely open to the dialogue and trying to understand what it looks like from the producers, through the producers' eyes. And, and I think we're seeing in everything in agriculture, right? Whether it be your equipment dealers, whether it be retail outlets, auction houses, they're all, they're all merging and there's just less competition when it comes to every aspect of agriculture, which gives producers, you know, limited options when it comes to buying inputs and buying stuff we need and limited options when it comes to selling our stuff. And I think competition is good and keeps for a healthy economy. And, and I, I worry about that side of this, this merger. A spokesperson with Viterra said in an email, the merger will provide producers with greater market access across their network. The deal is expected to close mid-2024, so that's about a year from now. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. live cattle futures for August closed at 170.97 today. That's down 295. October live cattle closed at 174.12, down 290. August feeder cattle closed at 235.90, down 455. September feeder cattle closed at 239.12, down 427. July lean hogs closed at 92.77, that's up 217. August lean hogs closed at 89.67, up 225. And that's the livestock market conditions. The big deal to merge has been signed between Bungie Limited and Viterra. That occurred yesterday. Viterra is owned by Glencore, the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, and BC Investment Management Corporation. Jim Smolik, a stakeholder relations person with Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association, says the deal shows the reality of businesses having to increase in size in order to meet demand. This is, uh, I guess, uh, sees where you know, they see where there's uh, an advantage or you know, benefit to, uh, to the merger uh, right now. Um, you know, one of the things that, from our members' perspective, is, is going to be um, you know, to ensure that um, you know, there isn't a, a loss of competition. Uh, we're hoping, you know, I mean, obviously things have to go through the Competition Bureau. Uh, so if we, we don't want to see a loss of competition and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, a situation like that, which we all know that they have reasonable holdings in, in uh, port positions uh, and uh, Bungie being part of G3, uh, I'm sure that there'll have to be some uh, divestation of, you know, either country or, or terminal positions or, or out of uh, Bungie may have to exit G3 uh, totally. You know, it's like, I mean, this is all going to have to be determined. The companies say the deal will create a global agribusiness company well positioned to meet the demands of complex markets and better serve farmers and customers. Smolik says other than possible changes to name and ownership of facilities, it's hard to say how this will exactly impact the ag industry. The facilities we don't, you know, we don't perceive the facilities are not going to go away. Uh, they may change name or they may change ownerships. 
but I mean, uh, when you you know when they uh, do a deal like this, they're they're looking at uh, you know they'll continue to look at you know what's their best advantage in Canada uh, to you know to provide the service for the uh, for the uh, industry because obviously they need the, the producers uh, you know to be uh, uh, to, you know to be a viable uh, organization in Canada. So so they're going to uh, you know obviously um, you know continue to work to provide you know a level of service. Again, we just want to make sure that. Uh, that there is good competition for producers. He adds the devil is in the details. The, the competition bureau is going to have to look at uh, the competitive nature of, of this merger, and they, they may uh, look at the, requesting that the certain facilities might have to be sold or divested of, or, or you know, it, it's, it's all going to be up to the competition bureau at this point right now uh, to what happens within Canada. Uh, there'll be other competitive things that they that are going to be looked at outside of Canada as well. But uh, you know, and this has happened in the past. Uh, you know, when Viterra uh, became Viterra, uh, there again there was there was a look at you know what would they have to do to be able to finish the merger. Under the terms of the agreement, Viterra's shareholders will receive 65.6 million Bungie shares, valued at a total of about 6.2 billion dollars U.S and about $2 billion U.S. in cash. Bungie will also assume $9.8 billion U.S. of Viterra debt. Viterra shareholders will own 30% of the combined company on a fully diluted basis when the deal closes, and about 33% after completion of a planned $2 billion U.S. share repurchase plan by Bungie. The combined company will be led by Bungie Chief Executive Greg Heckman and Bungie Chief Financial Officer John Neppel, while Viterra Chief Executive David Matiski will become Co-Chief Operating Officer. It's time now to check in once again with Danny Ismond. We're in Foam Lake this week with the Foam Lake Recreation Combine Lotto. You have today and tomorrow to get your ticket on the early bird draws and the final here. So the early bird is 24 draws, and uh, you are going to be a part of that when you get that Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Very dry conditions in much of southwest and west-central Saskatchewan has led to weed and grasshopper problems. Cabri area farmer Kevin Hirsch, who is also a well-known agricultural consultant, has the latest from his part of the province. Yeah, they're both a problem and uh, actually spraying for both some barley that we've uh, seeded for some livestock producers that we cooperate with. Grasshoppers are getting to be a real problem in this area. Grass is starting to dry off. We really need to rain and roadsides and grass areas are moving out of that as it dries off into the field. And the warm temperatures, those grasshoppers that were just nymph stage, it seems like a few weeks ago, are now got uh, some size to them and can jump quite a ways. There's edges of fields that have been lost. There's been a lot of field sprayed in their entirety and the battle continues. He notes the situation has been made worse by the decision to ban the use of Lambda Cyalothrin products. Well the Lambda issue is going to make liars out of a bunch of farmers that, that hate to lie but it's such a convoluted situation to have Lambda registered for food use not for feed use to be able to import 
corn that might be treated with Lambda to feed in this country, to not have any other countries putting any restriction on Lambda products, and farmers here hesitant to use them because they will need to make a declaration when they deliver to many of the grain handlers saying that they didn't use an unregistered product. So certainly the temptation for anybody that has any access to Lambda products that are cheaper and effective, that they might say, "Mm, given all those things, maybe I won't be as truthful as I would like to be when the time comes to sign a declaration. That's a, It's a very unfortunate situation. Hirsch notes there's only a few other options for grasshopper control. Oh, there's Corrigin and Desis, and, and I'm not, uh, you know, I haven't even uh, looked at the full range. I'd have to read through the book and see what all is available, but certainly the Lambda products, Silencer and Matador, would have been at the top of the list for most growers for both flea beetles and grasshoppers, and now that's a very murky situation. He says many parts of the western prairies are in a drought situation again. I think central Alberta and southern Alberta is already there. You hear some terrible stories about poor crop germination, lack of germination, cattle being pulled off of pastures that aren't growing. And if you look at the precipitation map, central and much of southern Alberta is really in tough shape but parts of Saskatchewan are going to follow. Our crops don't look too bad, but they really, really need some rain soon, or they're, they're going to start uh, going backwards. Uh, and grass is, is drying up and browning off, and you have to know that uh, crops are going to be following that trend soon. We really hope that some of the showers uh, in the forecast this week come to fruition. And then that's a frustrating thing to be watching the forecast. And There's a 60% chance of rain and periods of rain or periods of showers. And then by the time that day rolls around, it's gone out of the forecast. And we've had abnormally high temperatures for an extended period of time for late May and into June. These are July temperatures in May and June, and that's not helping the situation either. Hirsch says even a thunder shower could make a difference in his area right now. And it's a real lottery. There's, We're sitting at, at our farm, uh, at the farmstead, probably maybe if you add up all of the small rains, maybe an inch of rain since the 1st of April. But there'd be other areas not far from us that would be two or two and a half inches, depending upon the, how they fared under a thunder shower. And then the eastern side of the province got all the rain they want from what I hear, and then things are, are, are rosy there. But Certainly not as rosy in much of uh, the western side of the province. He notes last year started out with dryness in the western prairies and wetter conditions in the eastern prairies. A similar pattern, the, the, the dry areas. Alberta was, was saved by rains mid-June last year, and, and maybe that can still happen. And you hate to cry wolf too early in the season, but in, in this neck of the woods, after two very dry years, the last thing anybody wants to see is is a repeat of that. Kevin Hirsch farms in the Cabri area, about 65 kilometers northwest of Swift Current. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down across the board today. July canola closed at 694.20, down $5.10. 
November canola closed at 671.90, down $4.60. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 809 and a quarter, down a half a cent. July Kansas City wheat closed at 785 and three quarters, down six cents. July Chicago wheat closed at 6.30 and a quarter, down six cents. July corn closed at 6.07 and three quarters, down four and three quarters of a cent. July soybeans closed at 13.88 and a quarter, down 11 cents. July oats closed at 3.89 and a quarter, that's up 12 and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return after these messages. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. Just last month, Ford Motor Company reversed a decision to remove AM radio from its 2024 new fuel-burning vehicles. One of the reasons was pressure by U.S. politicians, including more than 100 who signed a letter outlining the importance of AM radio to listeners in rural areas. The National Association of Broadcasters made a presentation to the House Energy and Commerce Committee, which is examining the role AM radio serves in providing information on local news and emergency services. Jerry Chapman owns a network of 12 radio stations in Ohio and Indiana. He spoke about a new piece of U.S. legislation. A bipartisan bill has also been introduced, and like other safety requirements, the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act would preserve AM radio in cars by requiring the Transportation Secretary to issue a rule under which motor vehicles would be required to include a device that can receive AM radio. Broadcasters, of course, support this legislation. Several automakers have already removed AM radio from their new lines of electric vehicles. And it's week seven of the spring edition of GX94's Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks in the spring and eight weeks in the fall. We had 231 entries yesterday, and I called our lucky winner this morning. Hello? Oh, good morning. Is this Derek? Yes. Hey, Derek, it's Doug Falconer calling from GX94 Radio in Yorkton. How are you today? Not so bad. Good. The reason I'm calling you is we drew your name for supper in the field. Is that right? Yeah. Could we bring you out some supper tonight? I suppose that'll work, yeah. Excellent. Are you in the field? It doesn't seeding, but we're still spraying, so. That's Derek Rogers of the Saltcoats District. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Milligan Bio, Farm Credit Canada, Gowan Canada, Sask Milk, Jump.ca, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, Maple Ag and Outdoor, the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. Farm Bulletin Board. The Manitoba government is asking for public feedback on proposed changes to the Agricultural Crown Lands Leases and Permits Regulation that would support improving forage productivity, growing the livestock industry, 
and advancing sustainability. Manitoba agricultural crown lands are parcels of land vested to Manitoba that the government leases to producers for agricultural use, including grazing, haying, or annual cropping. Agricultural crown lands are important public assets economically, environmentally, and socially. Agriculturally, these crown lands are essential to supporting and growing the livestock industry in Manitoba and provide mitigation and adaptation to climate change. The Manitoba government began modernizing the program in 2017 in order to strengthen the livestock industry, enhance productivity, and encourage growth. The revamped program also aims to increase access for young, new, and indigenous farmers. In 2019, the program was updated significantly to enable leases to be allocated by auction and to set rents at market-based rates. Lease terms were set at 15 years, and the ability to transfer a lease with the sale of private property was eliminated. The proposed amendments to the ACL leases and permits regulation will be posted for a 45 consultation process and it lasts until July 17th. Feedback can be provided at the Government of Manitoba website. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's coming up on 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes. Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly sunny with a 30% chance of isolated showers and thunderstorms. Winds east-southeast at 15 to 25 and a high of 25 degrees. For tonight, increasing clouds with a 30% chance of late isolated showers. Winds southeast at 10 to 20, a low of 14. For tomorrow, a 30% chance of early showers, then a mix of sun and cloud. Winds southwest at 15 to 25, a high of 24, an overnight low of 10. For Friday, early clouds, then sunshine, a high of 23. Saturday, partly to mainly sunny, a high of 26 and Sunday partly sunny, a high of 27. In the Paw, it's 11 degrees, Swan River is at 15, Dauphin and Roblin 14, Brandon, Show Lake Russell 18. Regina and Indian Head reporting in at 26 degrees, Saskatoon 29, Hudson Bay 17, Broadview Mooseman, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington 22. The Yorkton-Melville region has a mainly sunny sky, a southeast wind at 30 kilometers an hour, 64% is the relative humidity, the temperature is 20 degrees. That's your agriculture weather and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner.